When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with... With the left-hander, Ralph Tovash, MD. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, kick things off. Hour 2, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I've heard people say (laughs) too much of anything. (laughs) Not good for you. God, are you going to be playing with your... I'm not playing with my voice. This is how it <laughs> sounds now, honey. I'm telling you. But I'm going to be doing this yeah. too, yes. Shared love and made love. It sounds like Toots now. Yeah. That's what my she, mother no, said. I think she was a little voice. lower. Is that low? Oh, she yeah. She was a little lower than that. She was a little lower than that. Did you never meet Toots? So anyway, no, I'm told no, really. Did she smoke? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She smoked She oh, honestly got... God rest her soul. Ralphie, I'm not kidding you. I would watch my mother take a drag off her cigarette, talk on the phone, and smoke would come out for like a half an hour. <laughs> I know. Like, Jesus. Where did all that smoke come from? Yeah, Toots, yeah, Toots's voice was kind of like this. So, Tom, what time are you going to come home? <laughs> it was just very, very raspy. And it was very raspy, too, yeah. It's like, you know that one... Um, what the hell's his name? The gay guy. The gay guy. There's what? so many of them. It's <laughs> hard to say. Which one of the two? <laughs> which one of the um, eight billion? Let's see. Hold on. He's won the episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets hair. <laughs> where Homer gets hair. <laughs> so let's random. See. I don't know. Yeah, here we go. Carl. Uh, Harvey F- Fierstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he talks like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her voice was like his. 
in a lot of ways. No, it was not. Yeah, it wasn't that it was. raspy. <laughs> it was pretty raspy. I loved him in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Harvey Firestein. Funny movie. Uh, this story scares the hell out of me because for Supreme Court justices to come forward and and argue with how the Supreme Court of the United States voted is way out of line. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. A decision's been made. Shut up. Yeah, no second thoughts because you're the supreme arbitrator in the land. So That's exactly No second right. thoughts. Sorry. You can't be fired. You have the job for life if you want it. Uh, and people can't vote you out. This is really a bad idea. Really bad. The Supreme Court upheld President Donald Trump's travel ban Tuesday, siding with the president in Trump versus Hawaii. The 5-4 to four decision legally allows vast immigration restriction from several majority Muslim nations. Iran, Libya, North Korea. North Korea's majority Muslim? <laughs> no, I doubt it. I don't think so. Yeah. Somali, Syria, Venezuela. Venezuela is not Venezuela is not majority Muslim either. But but the idea of terrorism and the idea of yeah. uh, unsettled people that are leaving there that want to wish ill to the America. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what the result is. Well, we shouldn't have gone with majority Muslim then because they were trying to invent hatred in people. Calling it majority Muslim makes some people go, "Oh, that's a terrible thing." It's not true. Uh, mm. One, two, um. At least two, maybe three of these nations are not majority Muslim. Well, they use that sort of rhetoric so that people think that it's just all about racism. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely they do that. There's no doubt about it. While the court's opinion stated that the president had sufficient national security justification to order the travel ban, Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg issued a scorching dissent calling attention to Trump's anti-Muslim rhetoric on the campaign road. The United States of America is a nation built upon the promise of religious liberty, they wrote. Our founders honored that core promise by embedding the principle of religious neutrality in the First Amendment. The court's decision... You know, if there is religious neutrality, why do Christians get the hell beat out of them at a government level? If there really is... uh, Well, hey, they recently um, ruled in favor of that one cake land. Oh, the guy who wouldn't make the cake for the gay couple? Yep. They did indeed. They are allowed to do that. If Well, I have a feeling, though, because if they didn't rule that way, then all of the um, – every business would have to comply, and that would include Muslim ones. I and did love they it. They aren't fond of gay people either. There was a woman at a bakery on Will and Grace that refused to make a make a cake for <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump, <laughs> and it said MAGA on it, Make America Great Again, just said M-A-G-A on it. So when she handed him the cake, she had added two letters at the beginning and uh, one at the end. So it said, I am gay. (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny. It was really funny. I I, See, I don't have those problems. I don't care what religion you are. If I'm a baker, I'll make a cake for you. What the hell do I care? I I think your insight and your philosophy and your wisdom, truly wisdom, in that if you have a belief system that makes you comfortable and you're happy and and yeah. uh, content in your life, thank goodness we want that for you. Yep. You know, and maybe you know if there's some good things about that, I'd like to hear about it. But don't push it on me. No, just don't push it on me. It, it makes you happy. I'm happy for you, but don't shove it down my throat. Well, don't, let me not put it that way. Probably not a good way. Yeah, I know. I put it. I came up. Yet. The court's decision today fails to safeguard that fundamental principle. It leaves undisturbed a policy first advertised openly and unequivocally as a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States because the policy now masquerades behind a facade of national security concerns. A facade. So our national security is a a facade to you? Yeah, the growing gang membership is... Yeah, it's really good It's all made up. All those people getting murdered, they all faked it. Their quotation refers to a statement Trump made in December 2015. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell's going on. He said until they can figure it out. Not forever, just until they can figure it out. There's a huge difference there. That's right. Huge difference. An interesting thing, and I noticed uh, in in uh this past week where, where I live out west, is that... They had a that a uh, art fair there, and for the first time, they had concrete barriers up at the entrance of the street oh. to keep people out. So there certainly, there's a, there's an idea that this mm-hmm. is going. And they had a truck park there too, so it's a kind of thing. Hmm, it's interesting that they're trying to avoid a similar. You know, r- let's drive a truck through all the people. 
I think so. What's the uh, the the Chinese garb again that the people in China wear? Um, There's a lot of them. First of all, Ruth Bader Ginsburg looks like a very crabby old Jewish man. <laughs> look at her. I mean, look at her. Jesus. She's a Palomino. She's starting to look like Billy Crystal. Yeah, she looks like, what? <laughs> what? 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 But she's wearing a Chinese, what What would you call that? Oh, oh God. Oh, she's culturally called? appropriating. She can't do that. She, you can't culturally appropriate. What's the matter you with you? You can't wear that. <gasps> well, Is it like a kimono or something? No, kimono's Japanese. That's, That's Japanese. Japanese. You're mixing your it's Asian metaphors. It's kind of like that. Silk <laughs> robe that buttons up at the collar. What is that collar? called? I can't remember. Nehru jacket. A Nehru jacket, but it's got all this this. adornment. It's really weird. She does not look happy. No, she she looks like an old Jewish man that's really (laughs) crabby. That's right. Where's her walker? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I still love that. Uh, Billy Crystal bit about old Jewish men. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think this is way out of line for two Supreme Court justices to argue about anything the Supreme Court does. Do your arguing in chambers, yeah. and once it's settled, it's settled. Shut up. And if you can't make, if you can't make your point um, believed, well, then you Sorry. lost the decision. You, I mean, we, lost. we are relying you as truly the arbitrators of these sort of decisions. It's important. Their job is, like, absolute key to our judicial system. Yes, it is. So, hey, a lot of when it was majority Democrat, they went one way. Now it's majority Republican. They're going a different way. That's a balance that we need in this country. We need balance because otherwise, if it was all Republicans forever or all Democrats forever, you'd shove your garbage down our throat like there's no tomorrow. So, uh, really, ladies, shut up. Get back to work, all right? <laughs> get, get back to work. Have you ever been in the, in the Supreme Court cha- uh, uh, courtroom? No. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's chair is about... Twice the size of anybody else's because she, she has to sit so high. Up. She needs a booster seat. She's about. Oh, no. she's, she's like four d- foot nine. <laughs> she's a little, a little, little Jewish. Well, I bet woman. you she's yeah. a force she's to be reckoned with, though. Oh God, she's yeah. always grabbing. Yeah, kind of like somebody else I know. Tom Bernard. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what I'm talking Self-awareness about. Self awareness is maybe. a good thing, Tom. Self awareness is a good thing. It's true. <laughs> now we got Jimmy Fallon. And he's got a fight going with Donald Trump now. because You know why? Because Jimmy Fallon's ratings are horrendous. That's why. All of them are. Kimmel's are terrible. Fallon's are terrible. Uh, Stephen Colbert's numbers are terrible. Conan O'Brien. All of them together, I think, add up to fewer than 5 million people. That's all of them together. Yeah, Stephen Colbert came, it was on it was Terrible. on YouTube. He just came up on YouTube. How? I don't know. I watched a few minutes of one of his late night uh, monologues. Man, it was just biting political commentary. Yes, it wasn't yeah. funny. It was no. so that they're losing their audience. It's not a political it's, show. Yeah, it's not a political show. Get a couple show. comedians out there and laugh and uh, have uh, Dean Martin have a couple of drinks. I mean, that's yeah. that's what they should be doing. They're not. Ugh, Johnny awful. Carson never played politics. Not ever did he no. play politics. Which I think is uh, was brilliant. It was really, really good. I don't know what we're going to do. Now we got the Supreme Court arguing with itself. We can't <laughs> have this. There has to be strong leadership. Seriously, get back in the courtroom and shut up and do your job. That's why you're appointed. Uh, okay, I, wait a second. Uh, here we go. Here we go again. Uh, New York. The United States was named, and you're not going to believe this, the United States was named as the only Western nation among the 10 most dangerous countries for women on Tuesday. Oh, my God. You really believe that's true? Yes, they do. They really believe that all of South America, Central America, and Mexico, because Mexico is actually considered to be part of North America. I don't know why, because it's on a completely different plate. More accurately, it's Central America. It is Central America. Uh, the United States was the only Western nation among the 10 most dangerous countries for women on Tuesday in a survey of global experts. After the hashtag MeToo campaign triggered a flood of complaints about sexual harassment and assault, the problem is there some of them aren't true. So you can't use that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're all not true. A lot of them are true. The Thomson Reuters Foundation survey asks about 550 experts in women's issues which of the 193 united nations member states they considered most dangerous on a range of issues with india topping the list followed by afghanistan and syria 
Well, I guess Trump was right about this. <laughs> I wonder what areas they're talking about in India. Oh, I mean, India is a huge country. Oh man, they they got the, they got the gang rape thing, gang rape and murder over there of uh, yeah, basically anywhere that isn't wealthy Ooh. in India, which is a lot of. I'm it. guessing it just has to be the major cities because mm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's true. The yeah. the smaller towns they really don't put up with much. Uh, and they're too busy trying not to starve to death to go around killing each other. <laughs> The most dangerous countries in 2011, the most dangerous countries for women were Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah, they're real democratic. (laughs) DRC is it's the worst country on Earth, on Earth, in every basically every metric. It's 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 a war zone. Well, so, yeah, if you look at pictures, like look up the DRC sometime and like go to Google Images and you can count the amount of corpses you can see. <laughs> Away. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's almost entirely just dead people oh, because <laughs> that's what's going on in the DRC right now. You're projecting a video game. I love it. Yeah. Hey, what? A, you Not know, a good if place. It's acceptable. Acceptable. Um, I did see an article about a month ago about Sweden and the danger that women are in there yeah, now because of the immigrants. Because of immigrants. A lot of rape going on in Sweden. So I, I'm sorry. I'm not anti-immigrant. It's just migrate somewhere else. Well, I'm if not. you are like the Sweden situation is like, you know, I wouldn't say that every cat is a bad cat. Yeah. But when, if you like invite a lion into your house, then you're probably going to get eaten. Yeah, that's exactly That doesn't right. mean that all cats are bad. It means, right. you know, get a house cat. Don't, don't get a lion. <laughs> oh, oh, here's a headline that I've been seeing lately that just drives me insane. Um, talks about kids could end up in already strained foster system, right? But they're not immigrant kids. What are they called now? They don't call them immigrant kids anymore. I know, because you told me about this yesterday. Do you know what they call them now? Displaced persons or something. who knows anybody else want to guess they're migrant kids they're not immigrants they're migrant which you and i are when we go on vacation <laughs> that's you right. migrate from one place to another like a goose like a, yes <laughs> there you go the migratory birds as in uh in uh monty python oh yeah the uh african swallow or whatever <laughs> the african swallow yes Foster care advocates say the government won't likely be able to reunite thousands of children separated from parents who cross the border illegally, and some will end up in an American foster care system that is stacked against Latinos and other minorities. Oh, no, it's not. How is it stacked against Latinos and other minorities? Because they don't have Latino families, maybe. Maybe that's what they're referring to, but it's not stacked against them. There should be care. It is what it is. With few Spanish-speaking caseworkers, is a challenge tracking down family members of the children who live south of the U.S.-Mexico border and other relatives living in the states that might be afraid to step forward to claim them because of fears of being detained or deported themselves. Well, you broke the law. Yeah. That's not our fault. You broke the law. We didn't. Well, if they're south of the border, they would just should make a call. Hey, my kid's still up there. Where's my kid? Their kid. Exactly. His name is, you know, uh, Ricky Sanchez. Well, where is he? Where is Ricky? I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense that they they can't get these people back together unless the parents don't want them back. That sounds like a movie. Where's we Ricky? <laughs> Ricky Ricardo. Trying to find trying to find out where Ricky went. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you know how important it is to have the right dock. That's why you should know about flow docks. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side to side sway. They're completely modular, so you can configure them to your family's needs or add on as your family's needs grow. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy. My friends at Flow also told me that hockey star Ryan Suter bought a Flow dock and lift as he wanted the best for his family. See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at flow.com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. 
It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 65 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that our weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I love this song, All Apologies. What a great song. There's a band called Red Dot Garage that plays this for me every time I go see him. Yeah. Because it's just a great song. All right, I found another bunch of horse crap to read to you. The United States spends more on health care than any other country in the world, yet ranks just 42nd in life expectancy. There is no way that's true. Not a chance. I think if you manipulate the data correctly, then you can make it say that. Well, I Because true, yes. we have one of the highest immigration rates of any country in exactly. the world. And first-generation immigrants tend not to live as long. That's very true. So, but yeah, that's it, not the United States' fault. No. But, it, yeah. it, could be, it could be an aberration in the statistics at one time, and maybe to this date, in, in, uh, in, in, in Florida, you were born a poor Hispanic but died a rich Jew. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. It's, you're right about that. So it, it, that's an aberration, and, and you, yeah, right. You can use the statistics in any way to try to prove a point like that. No, I no that can't. I can't believe that. It's not no. true at all. No. Healthcare expenditure per capita in the United States reached nine. Uh, well, I'll just round it up by ten dollars to ten thousand dollars. And the other part of it, America supports uh, the drug industry over the rest of the world. That's we, we kind of subsidize the drug. If 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 the drug companies could charge legitimate. Uh, amounts for drugs worldwide, we wouldn't pay as much here. But no, we're subsidizing the rest of the world. The number of people who die before age 75 is 565 per 100,000 residents in Beckley, West Virginia. This is a far greater rate than in San Jose, California, where less than 200 people die prematurely per every 100,000 resident. So why would you offer that as your data, disproving what you're claiming? Yeah, in West Virginia, who ever been to West Virginia? The you know those those could be coal miners. They get uh, they get uh, pneumoconiosis. They get uh, black lung. They get they die of booze houndism. That, well, that, well, and smoking a few heaters. Well, not to mention uh, the range of life expectancy just among American states. Uh, highest is Hawaii, eighty-one point three, and lowest is Mississippi at seventy-five. So at 81.3, that would put us uh, at number 23. Uh, but at 75, that would put us at number 109. So, you know, when we're talking about countries that are the size of our states, it's really not fair to no, of course yeah, not. lump all those states and in. And once again, all immigrants in the world go to Western Europe, Canada, and the United States. That's where they all go. Yeah, we got a lot of... Poor immigrants. Yes, we do. And we inherit their health problems and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So you, the United States is 42nd. Come on. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the America has freedom. You can do it. You, you, you have the freedom to do as you please. Whereas in the other countries, there's a lot more social pressure to not have those freedoms. Yeah, that's very true. So maybe they they're, they're just have different habits. Minnesota is the second best life expectancy. Really? So there you I mean, go. They have the second best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Well, I think the cold preserves us longer. Yeah, yeah. probably true. Yeah. Even it's though you live so longer, just more miserable. Well, yeah, you yeah. don't get to go outside very much, so you get you know less chance of being killed. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about this wouldn't make any sense, but you need to go and look for the picture on MSN.com. Doberman feels guilty after eating entire jar of peanut butter. Oh, and a little sick, I'm guessing. Just a little sick. The look on the dog's face is, he's looking at the camera like. 
He's got the sidelong glance going at the camera. It's hilarious. His dog is, I'm sorry. Jude's got this wonderful little look whenever I'm like, what happened in here? He gets his eyes, or they just get huge, and then he kind of gets little and and kind of gets on these little tippy toes into his crate. <laughs> He's like, I'll just disappear here for a while. Uh, God, I, I love those wonderful. dog shaming yeah. pictures where they'll put like a sign next to the dog and yeah. they just totally humiliate the dog because he did something wrong. Yeah, I peed on the rug. But, and I, I remember there was a video on Facebook. It was hilarious. A guy comes home, there's trash everywhere in his house and the dog he's talking to one of the dogs and he's like did you do this and he's just kind of like looking him like no and he's like well who did this and he's walking through and all of a sudden it was like a smaller dog and then the bigger dog literally had the garbage can lid stuck (laughs) over his head he's like did you do this and he's just like no No. (laughs) what it's just hilarious there's another one like that where the the guilty party is behind the curtain Hiding behind the curtain. (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, There comes a point in someone's life when enough is enough, when the breaking point has been reached and the road rage becomes full on insanity. Maybe you've been there. We're sure you have, especially when someone executes the worst parking job known to man. Therefore, you do the only thing you can to lash out at such inconsiderate people. You leave behind the most brilliant, savage, and hilarious note on their windshield. Yeah, that'll show them. Take a look as we have compiled a list filled with the most hilarious notes that will probably leave you roaring with laughter. Uh, yeah, because you leave threatening notes. That'd be great is the first one. Okay. We're kicking off this list with a classic note that is miles of hilariousness. Not only did this person draw out the meme that's been circulating for weeks, but they also thought of it on the spot. Who does that? Okay, so the note read. Oh God, that's hilarious. Uh, Has anybody left a note on anybody's window? I, have. I never have. I have. No. Uh, it says here, yeah. If you could go ahead and park in your own spot, that'd be great. It's <laughs> not that hilarious. Would you really. write, Catherine? I, I well, somebody um, parked so close to my door that I couldn't open it. I mean, I, and I was within my, you know, my lines, and they oh, yeah. they parked like I, I had like four inches, so I had to let. And the other door was close to the next one, so I I had to like somehow I had to get through a window. I remember trying to get. <laughs> and both of these people had parked so badly, so I put notes on the on both of them that you know next time maybe you could leave some room for someone to get in and out of their own car. Yeah, I've had that happen to me where it was on my passenger side so the driver's side of the car was so close to mine i don't know how they got out of the car and it was i was at the doctor's office for uh my first son we were there for a six-month checkup so i had him in a carrier and of course his base was on my passenger side in the back seat so i had to go the other way and and he was heavy so that was not easy i just don't you see that you're so close? I mean, why wouldn't you maneuver your car? It's so... They don't care. They're just, they they're don't. just whipping in and they don't care about anybody else. Ugh. No. And by the way, I can't continue with that because it's sponsored content. Oh. Like, oh, God. They just wouldn't leave me alone. So I was like, no, nah, we're not doing it. So that's all about... It's like clickbait, Andy. Is that what that is? Sponsored yep. content? Yeah. <clears throat> Unbelievable. I, I think there's. I think that those uh, teaser headlines or whatever. Sometimes there's not even really an article about. No, what there's it no is. resolution. Right. No, it's just it's just to get you to click on it. Unbelievable. Because mm-hmm. they get the money if you click on it, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, the internet's getting very annoying with that. It really is. It's getting really annoying with that. But what it's teaching people to do is not click on anything. I think. I don't yeah. click on hardly anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this. There's a woman holding up a fist clenched, and it says, no Muslim ban ever. Well, sorry. <laughs> yep, Didn't sorry. work out for you. Supreme Court upholds Trump's travel ban, bolsters president's power to block new arrivals. Again, he just wants to block new arrivals until we can figure out what the hell's going on. Well, wasn't it the whole, his whole campaign was about this, a screening process? Right. To make sure that 
only good, hardworking people are coming here. Hey, tell you what. Why don't you try this? Why don't you, as an American citizen, just pack up and try to get into Australia and live there? Yeah. Good there are a lot of countries. That... Or Japan. Or Japan. Japan. You can forget it. Yeah. That's Unless not you make, happen. you know, a lot of money and are very productive, Japan's not letting you in. Or no. Switzerland. Japan. Switzerland, no. It's impossible. It's to impossible into. to get in. Well, uh, Switzerland's easier than Japan. I think in Japan, they naturalize 10 people a year. 10 people a year. I mean, wow. it's, it's, a, it's, it's hardly any. But Switzerland, no, Switzerland, you can go, you know, you, you can, but it's a little effort. Switzerland. You got to have money though, too, don't you? Yeah, you got to have money, and you can buy property there. They have to own property, but if you bring a business there, then it's a much, much different thing. I don't know. Uh, Now, is it? It is. Is it primary day? Uh, Is it? I don't know. One of the primaries. Something's going on today. Yeah, it says. It's all over Twitter, voting day. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yes, it is. It is primary day. So I don't see any headlines on how everybody's doing, but I suppose the polls don't close for another 10 hours. So, And polls that's just in the Midwest. Close. Uh, well, for one, it's only primaries for five states. Oh, it's only five states? New York, okay. Utah, Oklahoma, Maryland, and Colorado. So, really? Yeah. So it should be by 7 o'clock for New York and then... Uh, yep. And then Utah probably. Well, that's mountain time, though, isn't it? Just like Colorado. Tell yeah. by the states what's going to happen, right? Yeah. They're well, thinking, yeah. yeah. New York's going to go blue. We yeah. know that much. Uh, I don't really know anything about the rest of the states. Like mm. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, okay, I don't know what they do either. Oklahoma t- tends to lean Republican. Oh. Yeah, uh, they, they got those colors wrong. Why aren't Democrats red like communists? Yeah, why <laughs> not? Like angry what people. happened? <laughs> Red-faced, angry people. You know, and and the blue right should color. be for Republicans for sexually frustrated. I'm mm. blue, bluer than blue. I wonder if they ban that song from the radio now, the Michael Johnson song, Bluer Than Blue. They probably ban it now. I don't know. <laughs> bluer Than Blue. Sad it in sad. Yeah, I don't know. They probably would. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, all of this stuff just makes no sense to me. The, we looked at all this data, and it's all BS. You're not even te- And it's polls. Well, we polled 566 experts. We mean your cousin? Is that, is that one of the experts, your cousin? It's it just people read this, and they take it as the absolute truth, and therefore they believe it. Yeah, it's based on some – they take it as being based on some sort of statistical reality or yeah. statistical significance. And it, it certainly isn't. is not. Certainly not. That's all I know, ladies and gentlemen. Calm down. Ooh, wait a minute. Here we the go. Supreme Court did something else. What, Catherine? Sorry. <clears throat> Nothing. Mm. Oh, is it about me? Is that why you're – oh, somebody ripped me, and now she's like, oh, don't worry. No, about there's just – was she laughing. was talking about Twitter, so I wanted to look if I could find anything about the primaries on Twitter, and I came across a video about a squirrel taking a cop's donut and running away. Oh, God. <laughs> this is how she burns her terrible. time up. That's great. Her time's burned up by doing that. That's actually very funny. <laughs> the rejection of Korematsu versus the United States came in the court's uh, travel ban ruling. The Supreme Court on Tuesday upheld the latest version of President Donald Trump's travel ban. But as it did so, the court also took the opportunity to expressly reject a ruling from the 1940s, Korematsu versus the United States, that allowed the United States government to put Japanese Americans in internment camps during World War II. Let's uh, reach way back. The court wrote in an opinion by Chief Justice John Roberts, finally, the dissent invokes Korematsu versus the United States. Finally. You know why they did this? No. Because it was a Democratic president that put him in those internment oh, camps in the go. first place. Oh, yeah. That's why they've changed this. These two, are they just big babies, both yes. parties? Yes. They're is, just huge babies. It's 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 elementary playground politics. It is it's playground it really politics is. is what it is. Where they just are just needling each other and pushing it, oh, each just, other. Oh, just, I know silliness. It's absolute it's really silliness. Sad. No compromise. No sense of decency. It's just the most bizarre thing. You are correct. We have our guest. The guest is well. We're going to be gone before in about ninety seconds. So why don't you just have him hold on? That'd be good because I don't want to. And that's okay. really making a lot of noise. That line is so. Yeah, we'll just have. We're going to uh, go to break. He can hear me. The guest can hear me, right? Yep. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. we'll we're going to yeah. take a break in one minute, and it's only about a two minute break, so we'll be back with you in just a couple minutes, if that's okay.
Great, thank you. All right, thanks. Um, whatever rhetorical advantage the dissent may see in doing so, Korematsu has nothing to do with this case. The forcible relocation of U.S. citizens to concentration camps solely and explicitly on the basis of race is objectively unlawful. What's well, not based on race, it's based on country of yeah. origin. There's a huge difference there. This is not race-based, it's country of origin. Because you ask Japanese people if Chinese people and Korean people are the same as they are, they would say, hell yeah. no. The only place Japanese is a race is in Japan. Is in Japan, that's exactly right. Where they are the Yamato people. And people, people tend to forget, of course, that Canadians interned um, uh, the Ukrainians. I mean, and the Japanese, actually. But you never hear about that, do you? Catherine and I stood right where a Ukrainian concentration camp was built, and there's a huge monument there in western uh, Canada. It's amazing. We'll be right back. Our very, very special guest coming up next, uh, Roland Phillips, will join us right after this word. Tom Bernard Show. We are here with Chris Lindahl. What's the latest? Chris Lindahl Real Estate, the real estate brokerage, is finally here. We've declared our innovation independence. Your innovation independence. You're, you're dressed independently today, I will tell you that. That's you look good, man. You look great. Thank you. And we also have something super exciting for KQ listeners. We are going to give away a free listing side commission now through June 29th. How does that work? So, so we're going to sell someone's house for free. What? Yeah. That's yep. pretty good. Yeah, and it's just a way of saying thank you. And KQRS has been amazingly supportive to the Chris Lindahl brand and now to Chris Lindahl Real Estate. It's a way for us to say thank you. It's also not a bare-bones offer. So everything that Chris Lindahl does to get you top dollar for your house, we're still going to do. And we're going to do it potentially for free for one listener. Now, how do people get that done? How, how, how do they qualify for the – was it a drawing or what is it? it yep. So it's, so it's a drawing. So you can go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. And you can click on the free listing side commission giveaway tab to sign up. Or you can call 763-401-SOLD. That is a wonderful thing. And when, uh, when do they need to do this buy? So the deadline is June 29th. June 29th. And how do they do it? They go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K or call 763-401-SOLD. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of the support during our transition. We're super excited and we're bringing innovation to another level. It is a wonderful thing. Chris Lindahl. Thank you. You're a good man. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. God, I, I missed my guess. What? I thought for sure going into Roland Phillips and the subject we're going to be talking about that you'd play something by Don McLean. Oh, yeah, I could have. <laughs> starry, starry night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a different Don McLean. This is Donald McLean. The first full biography of one of the 20th century's most notorious spies, Donald McLean was one of the most treacherous spies of the Cold War era and a key member of the infamous Cambridge Five spy ring. Yet the full extent of this shrewd, secretive man's betrayal has never been explored until now. That's why we have Roland Phillips, the author of the book A Spy Named Orphan, The Enigma of Donald McLean. Hello, Roland. Hello. And we're having a wonderful time here in America, Roland, because the Supreme Court ruled on a number of things, and everybody's on both sides is angry as hell. So it's a really calm day here in America. <laughs> we're having a, quite a difficult time in Great Britain, too, over yeah. our Brexit business, too. Yeah. Oh, I suppose, yeah. yeah, yeah there's a, a bit of yeah. unrest going on in the U.K. I, I don't know. I find yeah. it interesting. Um Ah, we'll get into that some other time, because I want to talk a lot <laughs> right, about yes. Don, Don McLean. Um, where do we start when talking about Donald McLean? I think the thing that uh, I feel most about Donald McLean is that he, although very little um, explored until now, he actually shaped the world we live in. He shaped the second half of the 20th century through his espionage. Um, he certainly shaped the way Europe looked. Um, he was based in Washington 
1944 and 1948 and leaked to the Soviets all the telegrams between Churchill and Roosevelt and then later Churchill and, and President Truman uh, saying things how they would negotiate the borders of Europe after the war at the Yalta conference and the Potsdam conference. So we know that um, he leaked a telegram that said where Churchill said where he wished the borders of Poland to be, um, but that if Molotov, who was the Russian foreign minister, was adamant, they would move them 200 yards to the west. So Molotov only needed to be adamant to get his way. McLean was in on the negotiations that led to the formation of NATO, the United Nations. Above all, he was in on atomic policy planning in Washington after the war and was able to leak to Stalin precisely how many atom bombs America was capable of making, which was nothing like the number they claimed they were. So he had a remarkable effect and, um, on, on our history. How did he get into such a position, Roland? He got into such a position because he was completely trusted. There was a culture of trust in the um, British civil service and British politics every way. He'd been very left-wing at Cambridge. He'd been a communist. He'd been on marches. As I've got photographs in my book of him on a, on a march um, in 1933 that led to a riot in Cambridge was a notable event. And yet, when he was asked in his interview for the Foreign Office, our equivalent of the State Department, they said, we note you were very left-wing at university, are you still? He replied, I'm working on it. And that was enough. <laughs> they, they, they didn't introduce vetting, let alone positive vetting, until uh, that was a result of his actions after his defection in 1951, that's when they seriously started to look at people. Until then, they thought if you'd been to the right school and the right university and looked like and behaved like one of them, um, you were completely trustworthy. I love the way this bio was written, Roland. It says, Roland Phillips unravels McLean's character and contradictions informed by a domineering father and a childhood at once liberal and austere. McLean became inf uh, infatuated with communism during his school years, even before his time at Cambridge. <laughs> I love the way yes. it was put. <laughs> he was. I, I do think you have to remember, though, the 30s in Britain were a very different time. I mean, the, there was the middle of the Depression. There was appalling poverty in Britain. There were yes. marches from the north of England to London. They were known as the Hunger Marches. As, as workers came south who had no work. And above all, there was the rise of fascism in Europe. Hitler uh, came to power in 1932, and this was precisely the moment McLean went to Cambridge. So communism appeared to them as the only way to world peace and alleviating this terrible inequality um, that they saw all, all around them. So, that I mean, that's not to excuse his treachery, but to just explain how he how he got into it. God, I tell you, Roland, you've done a great job describing this guy and what he was all about. He married an American Thank woman you. despite his sexual ambivalence and increasing, increasing antipathy to the United States. He was prone to alcoholic binges that should have blown his uh, cover and yet never found their way onto his record. A sworn enemy of capitalism. He sounds like uh, the American left. Basically, we have got Absolutely, and he was, when he was based in Washington, his, his, in his wife's home country, he used to be at dinner parties, he would, at smart Washington dinner parties given by Catherine Graham of the Post and others, yeah, yep. he would trash America. He would uh, say he couldn't bear the capitalism, that Americans were brash and insensitive in front of his wife, and yet... None of that got reported back. There was one occasion where he bawled out the Secretary of State, um, and yet none of this got onto his record. And his wife put up with it. His wife, Melinda, was was a great, um, became very, very interesting to me, uh, because I think she really enjoyed um, the knife edge of danger they lived, lived on. When he first oh. met her in, in 1939 in Paris, uh, she at first wanted nothing to do with this 
stuffed shirt British diplomat until he told her he was, in fact, a Russian agent, at which point she uh, married him a few months later. And um, I think she liked that, that edge of danger. But the collapse, until the end of the Second World War, he was able to keep his espionage and his absolutely brilliant work for the Foreign Office, his legitimate work, together. But I, as the Cold War developed, he gave, gave, became prone to more and more of these outbursts about America and so on. His final posting, uh, foreign posting was in Cairo when he had a spectacular alcoholic collapse, which ended with um, his and a friend of his, a journalist friend, breaking into the American ambassador's secretary's flat and really trashing the place, throwing her underwear around, um, breaking her bath into and so on. None of this got on his record. Um, and uh, he was sent home. The, his wife, Melinda, uh, asked the ambassador if he could go home to have treatment for a nervous breakdown. Oh. And the day he arrived, the head of personnel at the Foreign Office took him out to lunch at his club and said, what do you want to do? I mean, it was extraordinary that this trust from the start meant they never looked at him as the spy until they had incontrovertible evidence. They spent three years do, looking at everyone except McLean because he was such a, so much one of them, appeared to be one of them. You know, Roland, I want to ask you a question, and it's, it's based on all the research and all the work you've done. It's not based on trying to drag politics into this. It's just an observation, mm -hmm. and you would be the guy to ask this. Why are people um, so devoted to communism and... and, and uh, socialism when it's clear those countries either fail or one guy like putin becomes worth a hundred billion dollars yeah. I mean, how does Absolutely. that happen how does it happen well putin is is really no different to stalin in the way he right. rules right and i think people mclean is an interesting case in point because by the time he uh, lived in moscow um, he knew everything that Stalin had done, the millions he'd killed, including some of McLean's own handlers and so on. But he just kept in mind that, that it was a better theory, communism. And I think that's what people do. They think, yes, Stalin made a terrible mess of it. Putin is, is you know, far from ideal as a leader. Yet, if we had true communism, everyone would be equal, there'd be peace, there'd be happiness. I mean, it's, it's an extraordinary um, sort of mind-reading technique. I mean, not mind-reading, um, mind-bending technique. Mind-bending. And um, McLean signed up to it and never, never went back on it. It amazes me, though, when, when a country does become either communist or socialist, the people lose their freedoms. They don't gain more freedom, they lose the ones they already have. Absolutely. And, and that's what they um, completely failed to, McLean and the other Cambridge spies, completely failed to, to see. They, they, I mean, there was an element by, uh, of course, Russia was our ally in the war, and after the war they were in it too deep to, to back out. But McLean, of all of them, um, he, when he got to Moscow, he got sober, he worked hard, he took on a different name, worked in foreign policy, and was unlike the others who were completely disillusioned and drank themselves to death, he, he got on with the job and uh, worked, as he believed, to make the world a better place. Ed Roland, your family history is fascinating as well. Are you going to write another book about your family history? Because it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> well, it is fascinating, yes. So I, one of my grandfathers was a communist, and that's mm -hmm. where I get the sort of understanding of why McLean kept at it. And the other one was a diplomat, was McLean's boss. So I have the two halves of Donald McLean you do, in yeah. my own family. <laughs> and and my grandf diplomat grandfather was his boss at the end of his career in the Foreign Office and indeed gave him his last very important job as head of the American Department in London when the Korean War had just started. So he was trusting McLean as much as others. But he had was told that the the when they identified McLean as the spy Homer, uh, as he was codenamed, that uh, he was being watched, trailed, and my grandfather was told to act as normal. So when McLean said, uh, "Can I have the day off tomorrow?" 
uh, my grandfather said, yes, of course you can, acting as normal. And um, because he was never told that the watchers didn't work at weekends or in the evenings. So when they waved McLean off on the train, he wasn't to be seen again all weekend. And guess what? That Friday evening was the, his, the, his defection. So he just ended up... How did... How did is Don, I assume Donald McLean is dead. He is. He died in 1983. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, at the age of 70. Yeah. At the age of 70. So where did he end up and what did he do from there? So what happened was he, he escaped Britain. He'd been identified. Uh, he'd been tipped off by um, Kim Philby, who was working for uh, security services in Washington, was head of station in Washington. And, uh, and he said, they've identified you and got the message back to him he had to go at which point the russian handler in london found a ship uh, that sailed uh, a sort of pleasure cruise that sailed up and down the english channel for the weekend and wasn't meant to put into um, a friend, any french port so no passports were required um uh, even though oddly they hadn't the british government was too embarrassed to put a watch on foreign ports anyway um, so they they but it did put in for breakfast at saint malo in northern france so on that day mclean jumped ship and went to moscow he was first of all and went yes he did go to moscow uh three days later he reached moscow then he was sent to a closed city for three or four years where he was debriefed uh kept hidden uh, from Western eyes, didn't so he didn't reappear until 1956, five years after he'd he'd gone. When he appeared at a press conference announcing he was in Moscow, by which time his wife and children had defect had gone in 19, two years after him, which led to fresh uh, shock amongst the British and indeed amongst their friends very much because they all thought she was the innocent wronged woman right and then he worked in foreign, for a foreign policy institute teaching foreign policy writing papers under the name mark fraser uh, for the next 30 years and seems to me to have been content i will tell you this we only have about 30 seconds left so i'd like to say this uh, my family the last time we were in england stayed at a flat in mayfair I didn't want to escape Britain. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the others didn't. But he, he felt he still believed that uh, that, that China had a uh, communist Soviet Union uh, was the promised land. The others didn't want to go, but he, he did. He, this was where he wanted to end up. A fantastic book. It's called A Spy Named Orphan, The Enigma of Donald McLean. Roland Phillips, great, great guest. Thank you, sir. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank yes, sir. You. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.